The early church was growing, and it was growing quickly. The 12 apostles had a tough time keeping up with the responsibilities of ministry. In order to meet the growing need, they commissioned seven more leaders. The Holy Spirit worked through these new leaders who did great signs and wonders in God's names. This is the passage of scripture where Stephen is introduced. Stephen is the namesake for Stephen ministry, which we will learn more about today. A reading from Acts. Now, during these days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were, not, were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait at tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Pacorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also... When you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Today is the first Sunday of Advent the day the church calendar begins, when we start to prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ and we look ahead to Christ's return. I don't know how you feel, but it doesn't seem fair that we only have four weeks 
to do all that. Is four weeks really enough time to wrap our heads around God's incarnation and Jesus' return? Especially when we add in all the traditions of the season that we hold dear, like decorating our homes inside and out, putting up a tree, buying gifts, sending cards, baking cookies, listening to Christmas music, wrapping the gifts that we bought, and so on. It's just too much for four weeks. Does anyone else feel that way sometimes? As we enter a new church year, we also switch our attention to a different gospel to guide us. Last year, most of our gospel lessons were from Mark's gospel, but this year we're going to work our way through the gospel of Luke. The gospel of Luke, of all the gospels, dedicates the most time to the nativity narrative, the stories of Elizabeth and Zechariah, John the Baptist's parents the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, the shepherds in the field, almost everything you remember from your childhood Christmas pageant comes from the Gospel of Luke. But we don't read any of that today. Instead, we start our year towards the end of Luke's Gospel. We start Advent by looking at the end of times, when Christ will return. Reading this passage of scripture, Christ's return sounds imminent. It can happen at any moment. Keep on guard. Be alert. This generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. We might not even have four weeks before Christ's return to earth. Talk about not having enough time to get everything done. But most of us Jesus followers today don't live with this daily sense that Jesus could return at any moment. If we did, can you imagine what our to-do list would look like then? All that we would try to accomplish before Jesus arrived. We would want to get our lives in order and our churches in order. We would want to have everything just so for that moment when Jesus returned so we would be caught doing all the right things. But most of us don't live like that. We would be caught off guard if Jesus returned tomorrow. We suspect that after this Advent season, we will have many more Advents to keep preparing our hearts for Christ's return. The first disciples, though, They really did live with a sense that Christ's return would happen at any moment. What did the early church do? How were they able to stay alert and on guard? What did that look like? We see in the book of Acts that the early church was growing and growing fast. The apostles were having a hard time keeping up. And this passage that we read from Acts, it's not traditionally an Advent 1 text. This is a text that we added to today's service because we are commissioning our new Stephen ministers in worship today. This is the passage of scripture where Stephen is first introduced, the namesake of this important ministry. But even though this is not considered an Advent 1 text, 
I think it fits really well. Jesus' followers are growing, and so is the work that they're doing. Just as Jesus had taught them and shown them, the apostles are feeding people who needed to eat. But they were running on empty. They simply had too many mouths to feed and too little time. And as we read, the widows were being neglected in this daily distribution of food. The apostles couldn't devote all their time to feeding people. The need was just going to continue to grow. And they had other just as important work to get done. They needed to keep growing the church to the ends of the earth, and they didn't know how much time they had left to do it. So what did they do? If they couldn't do it all, then they needed to find help. And here's where Stephen, but not just Stephen, comes in. Seven new leaders were picked and commissioned to do this important work. These first deacons of the church fed hungry people. And the Holy Spirit used them in other, perhaps unexpected ways, too. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. These seven didn't just pick up the slack, the work the apostles couldn't get to. They did their own important, life-giving, kingdom-growing service for the church. The apostles needed these deacons. The growing church was going to need as many hands as possible to keep growing, to keep spreading the message of God's love. And the more hands that they had, the more people they could reach. Jesus could return at any moment. There were many people to tell. There was work to be done, and it simply couldn't wait. So maybe that's the model for how we wait for Jesus, how we keep our eyes open for Christ and stay alert. We keep doing the work of Jesus, feeding people, sharing God's love, working towards healing and justice and peace, finding Jesus in the hungry, the poor, and those in need until the day when Jesus returns and we see him face to face. We might be waiting four weeks, or we might be waiting much longer. But while we wait, we can participate in the heavenly kingdom that is one day coming to earth. Now, just after our hymn of the day, we will commission our new Stephen ministers. Stephen Ministry is a caring ministry that trains caregivers to provide one-on-one care to to people who are going through times of crisis or challenge, which might include going through a divorce, struggling with a cancer diagnosis, losing a spouse or a child, perhaps becoming a parent or moving to a new area and feeling lonely experiencing job loss or financial instability. There are a number of situations that we could find ourselves in where we might need just a little more care, when we could use a person to walk with us and listen to us and support us. 
Now, if you're hearing about Stephen Ministry for the first time this morning, there might be a reason for that. This ministry isn't new, but it does tend to work behind the scenes. The Stephen ministers maintain confidentiality. So only the pastors and the two Stephen ministry leaders know who is meeting with each Stephen minister. They're like a really well-kept secret at Emmanuel. But every once in a while, we have to share the work that they do so that people know that this ministry is available and that we can celebrate that it's happening. Stephen ministers serve the congregation, but they also serve the larger community. You don't have to be a church member to receive the care of a Stephen minister. And Stephen ministers go through several months of training, putting in many hours of study to grow their gifts and be prepared to do this ministry really well. I've seen the materials they use, and it's the equivalent of multiple seminary courses. Now you may be thinking, but isn't this exactly what the pastors do? Absolutely. This is pastoral care. Pastor Josh and I try to reach out to everyone we know of who's going through something big, whether you're scheduled for a surgery or experiencing a loss or struggling in any way. We hope to reach out and offer support. But there's only two of us. And sometimes the care that someone needs, or at least could really benefit from, like weekly visits for several months, we can't give. We want to give, but again, there's only two of us. And the need is just bigger than that. So what if people like Jane English and Elaine McNutt and Diana Preventure and Dorothy Lindbergh and Fran Philblade and Bill Rascue and Mary Jane Rascue and Barbara Campbell, our current Stephen ministers, yeah, <laughs> added to our number of caregivers. And what if Cheryl Benshill and Jill Zitzowitz and Karen White and Linda Josephson, our new fully trained Stephen ministers, could add their gifts of caring to this work? Now there's something like 15 of us. Think of the caring ministry that 15 people can do that one or two people simply can't. And like those early deacons that were called by the apostles, Stephen and the rest, they weren't just picking up the slack of what couldn't get done by the apostles. They were doing their own very important ministry. Stephen ministry doesn't just like free up my calendar. It's its own important, life-giving, kingdom-growing service to the church. And if we keep growing our Stephen ministry team, imagine the work that 20 or 25 Stephen ministers could do throughout our community. The need is out there, and so is the opportunity for this life-changing ministry. So we begin our new church year by commissioning our new Stephen ministers. So happy that they have answered this call to caregiving and blessing them in their future ministry. 
And as we wait and watch for Jesus to come again, and as we prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus, let's learn how to wait from the early church. Let's keep doing God's work of loving, serving, forgiving, sharing the good news, because we don't know how much longer we have to do these things. And as we wait and watch for Jesus, we will find him in our neighbors and in our friends and in the people we love and care for. Amen.